Welcome to Adult Papers, the podcast for grown-ups. I'm your host, Violet Augustine. I'm going to share sometimes magical, sometimes terrifying, often strange, occasionally funny, and somewhere uncomfortably between hyper-real and surreal stories with you. Before we get started, I need to say, just follow me. I jump in and out of the story because so many things have transpired since I first wrote this episode. I mean, kind of like even more tangents than you're used to if you've been listening or know me personally. I'm only supposed to be publishing one episode a week, but this issue is pressing and it's going on concurrently with the election results trickling in and it was actually this morning or yesterday morning, depending when I publish this, that... Everyone seems to be pretty confident that we're not going to have a second term um, with, uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, although I really, I can't really rest and take a breath until every vote is counted. But, you know, obviously good news. Um, so I'm publishing this on day approximately 26 um, instead of 39, maybe day 25. Um, I have plenty other material to publish on that day, so don't worry, your little head off, you will get, you still will get at least one episode a week. This is the story I need to tell today. So my four-year-old told me he hates himself. When I heard my child say those words, when I saw the expression of disgust on his face and knew the disgust was directed at himself, an alarm went off inside me. Hating oneself is something I know too well. But I need to interject already. It feels weird saying he. My child is transgender, meaning she doesn't identify as the same gender as her sex. If you're not sure what that means or find that confusing, check out RaisingZoomer.com. R-A-I-S-I-N-G-Z-O-O-M-E-R.com. The author, Kyle has, I think, a PhD in sociology and gender studies, something like that. She breaks everything down in the blog, and I now have the book as well. Thanks to an amazing person who is also doing gender creative parenting, um, who just sent me the book out of the blue just to be fucking supportive. Doing this research has become an essential part of my parenting because my child has self-identified as she for years. In the blog, they favor not disclosing the sex of their child. In our situation, it's too late for that. I considered whether or not I should publish this at all because it's essentially outing my child as trans before they're old enough to choose. But at this point, this is both our stories. We're doing this together. She is teaching me so much, and I hope she's learning things as well. Or at least I hope what she's learning is supportive to her identity. I'm sharing this because this is also my story as her parent, and I suppose a greater purpose of an adult storytelling podcast is for you, for me, for all of us to remember that we are not alone. So let's laugh together. Let's cry together. Let's learn some shit together so we can be better adults, or at least Adults that laugh at our own absurd position in this goddamn universe. I'm also telling this story because there is nothing to be ashamed about. 
being a transgender person. And though I may not have done gender creative parenting perfectly by only using they, them pronouns and only ever using the gender my child self-identified, this is where we are. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this journey and there are other parents out there whose child is transgender and they're undergoing the social translation after misgendering their child based on their sex. Do I have to say side note and tangent every time I want to add something? Um, I think my autocorrect changed social transition to social translation unless I accidentally typed translation, but it actually fits because we are translating um, this whole thing now that everyone has been identifying my child based on their sex their whole life. Um, My child is only going to be five next week. It feels like a late reaction, but we are just now making the social transition. It did take some time for me to make sure that the self-identification was consistent. And it has been, but I wrote this before we started. So bear with me while I bear with myself. Now, back to the story. I tried to remain calm and mustered as much compassion and curiosity as I possibly could before I said, Why do you say you hate yourself, baby? I didn't need to respond with horror and pile shame onto the fire. Then he said, I hate myself because I hate boys, and I'm a girl. What a reminder that nothing prepares you for parenting. No book. No class or degree, no research, theorizing, or planning. If you read into gender creative parenting, I was already doing that by trying not to enforce gender stereotypes. But even doing that, I wasn't prepared for my boy child to tell me they were a girl. I think the first time my child self-identified as a girl, I said something like, it's fine, baby. If you're a girl, then you're a girl. Or perhaps something even worse, like just because you like to wear dresses doesn't make you a girl, which was where I was bringing my own gender baggage to the conversation. I was completely at a loss for what to say or do, because in my mind, I wondered, could a toddler know what the fuck they're even talking about? The second time my child said I hate myself happened when they were having some minor upset that turned into a meltdown. Something like trying to put an arm through the sleeve of a coat. After I redirected toward a solution, I said, what's wrong, baby? What's going on? And they said, I hate myself. And I said, calmly, crouching down to their level, baby, I love you and you have to love yourself too. Now tell yourself I'm sorry and give yourself a kiss. Again, I was at a loss. I didn't know what the fuck else to do. I was thinking, you know, if you say something ugly to a friend, you apologize to them and you hug and kiss and make up. And so that's what I did there. And so they did and smiled briefly and then went on to play. It wasn't until I sat back and started to reflect. Just a couple weeks ago, my child, standing in the bathtub naked, had asked for the scissors. My child is clever and so wouldn't tell me why they needed the scissors. They knew that if I asked why and they said, because this wiener shouldn't be here or I want a pee-pee like you or something like that, I'd take a firm stance against it and not, obviously, go get the scissors. But they were hoping I'd just not ask and bring the scissors. Instead, we had a standoff. My child standing naked in the bath, their head tilted slightly downward as if they had been looking at the offending appendage just before the request. 
a confident glint in the eye, knowing what needed to be done. Me, with shock and horror in my eyes, trying desperately not to betray it, lest they also feel judged on top of the confusion, but also knowing clearly that both emotions were visible in my eyes. But it wouldn't be confusion my child would be feeling if they'd noticed the shock and horror in my eyes. It would be a slow dawning of the unfairness of the world, that what should be is not often what is. If you're not a parent, you may not understand this next bit. But it was one of those things you just kind of forget. Kind of like the first I hate myself comment. You'd think that something like that would get filed away in a drawer etched with the words, extremely consequential, do not forget this moment in capital letters. But it didn't. And given that I would have been immediately occupied with one of the other millions of momentary demands on my mental bandwidth, like priority one, make sure that they don't get out of the bath to get the scissors. Two, make sure that they'd have to cause enough of a clamor to get out of the bath to get the scissors that I'd notice while I'm getting the clothes or the lunches or the bags ready for tomorrow. Three, make sure I can hear them at all times to make sure there's no drowning happening. And it just kind of slipped into the background like that. They got out of the bath, we got dressed for bed, we read some books and snuggled, and then lights out for everyone. It was such a traumatic experience for me to have my four-year-old ask for the scissors so they could cut off their dick that I even think it got filed in the lesser accessed, dimly lit, back row of the records room, the trauma shelf, and I didn't even remember it until the second time they said I hate myself. It was like the new memories spray-painted little arrows on the floor, and when I followed them back, the scissors memory appeared, playing before me on an old projector screen that was hardly bright enough to be visible. I mean, the memory was so dim that I had to ask myself, did that even happen? Is that even real? And then I haven't even told the swimsuit story. So one night they had a meltdown because they couldn't wear a swimsuit in the bath. Wearing a swimsuit to take a bath was a thing they'd often attempt or sneak and just do. But this night I noticed the stakes seemed higher and I realized it wasn't about the swimsuit. It was about not wanting to see the part of their body that contradicted the way they felt about their self. Now, there are the arrows in neon spray-painted on the concrete floor. So when I'd say baby boy with affection or little boy in admonishment, I was getting consistent, persistent, and insistent corrections over the years. I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. I guess it took the scissors threat and the swimsuit meltdown, and the I hate myselfs, and the introducing theirself as Wendy to a group of people they knew were safe because of the way I was behaving on the Zoom meeting. Though this actually wasn't the first time they'd introduced themselves that way, now that I think about it. It was happening all the time. See how this memory thing works? People really should give parents a break. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I am in a constant negotiation with the present moment evaluating, assessing, trying to remain calm and make the best decision for the sake of my child. And often for the sake of whoever else is in the vicinity too, because I am a considerate person. 
Or is it that I've just been conditioned as a woman to put the needs of others as a high priority? I don't know, probably both. I don't actually think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that our world is lacking in compassion and consideration or else we wouldn't be in the position we are right now at the edges of our seats awaiting election results because we're terrified of what they may mean or of what our sitting president may say or do. Imagine what a powerful person with compassion and consideration versus narcissism and sociopathy could do with their fucking power. But that is a whole other episode. I was terrified at first. Not to have a transgender child, but what that meant for how we'd navigate this already fucked up world that decided a while ago and hasn't changed their mind that femininity is essentially a crime, and God forbid you get the privilege of being born a boy, but you choose to be a girl. In my opinion, and based on some gender research I did in grad school, the crime inherent in being transgender is most often assessed against the degree of perceived femininity. There were a couple of court cases I studied. Oh my God, law, drool, so fucking interesting anyway. But the general impression was the more femme you are, the worse it is for you. For example, if you're a trans man who was born a woman, but you're not masculine enough after transition, fuck you, you're a woman. Or if you're a trans woman born a man, fuck you, because why would anyone want to be a woman? But if you're a trans man born a woman who is super masculine and easily passes, all you got was a big hearty pat on the back. Good man, you made the obvious correct choice. Now, I need to say a couple qualifiers after that passage. One, I understand that trans identity isn't a choice. It's a matter of brain not matching body. So I'm not trying to offend or invalidate anyone's gender, identity, or reality. I hope that's obvious. This whole episode is about me trying to figure out how to support my trans child. And second, that whole fuck you bit is about the world's reaction, not mine personally. And also, I'm not saying that trans men, even masculine and quote, passing trans men's experiences have been easy. I suppose trying to insert a little commentary about the world's general woman-hating tendencies is too complicated to mention in passing and deserves its own episode. How many fucking episodes within episodes do we have here? Fuck, welcome to my brain. Anyway, back to my story about being a queer single mom in lockdown, who it is also now dawning on them that their child might be trans. I started my research, I joined forums, I read articles, and as it turns out, a four-year-old, or a toddler for that matter, can totally know their gender. As a mostly cisgendered person, I took this for granted. I was a girl when I was four. But my gender matched my idea of myself, so I never had to question it. Now, I was a girl who told the world to fuck off with their expectations of what a girl should be, but still a girl. Why didn't that occur to me? Why would I think that my child couldn't know better? My child was somewhere between the age of two and three when they first said to me, I'm a girl. They are about to be five, on Wednesday actually, and the insistence hasn't budged. I think because I was confounding the many tenuous and complex issues at play. When I was five-ish, I knew I was a girl, but I also knew I didn't like to wear dresses or play with Barbies and that that's not what the world expected of me. I was aware of all of these things at the age of five, so why wouldn't my almost five-year-old know that? Yeah, I have this appendage here and it means that people call me a boy, but fuck that, I'm not a boy. 
Of course, they would know that. Of course, she would know that. And all this occurs to me on day 15 of my sobriety. I am revising this on day 22 and 23, and it's getting published on approximately day 26, unless I decide to publish it sooner. I was going to publish this originally on day 39, but the election, the birthday, the transition, the looking for a new school, this is also right now that I wanted to publish this right now. I need to do this shit full time, this whole writing, publishing thing. And on that note, want some exclusive adult content on adult papers? Join me on Patreon. I'm running a special offer through the end of 2020. Every new patron gets a custom adult paper sticker shipped right to your door. I have two tiers. For $5 a month, you get an exclusive adult content episode every month that I don't feel comfortable publishing to the general public. And for the actual adult, you get the same benefit, but you pay $50 for it. It's the actual adult tier because you basically just help me pay for a babysitter. I'm exaggerating, of course, because after three months at that tier, you get a custom adult papers tea. But other than the tea, it's just some actual adult shit. Paying for benefits that non-adults take for granted. Like silence. Anyway, thank God and the universe I am sober. But I also have a knowing that began as just an inkling that the timing is not coincidental. Like, one, I don't think I would have handled this properly before I was sober. I mean, I didn't handle it properly, obviously, because my child reached the point of saying I hate myself. Twice. Because I hadn't offered affirmation or validation. I'm sure that that caused more than just a little cognitive dissonance. To have her own mother brush off the assertion, basically ignoring it for months, or else only acknowledging and passing. And two, yeah. I was just too much of a mess to even be able to consider the needs of my child. But that brings me to another super relevant and consequential realization. Part of my inability to acknowledge that my child, born a boy, is a girl, completely irrespective to the fact that I was a confused mess before sobriety, was that it wasn't what I needed. When my son was born... I was in need of love and validation. I had never felt unconditional love from any masculine figure in my life, and I desperately needed it. It sounds pathetic to consider the unconditional love of a male infant to be so healing, but it was. It healed some deep parts of me, and for a while in the beginning, I needed her to be a boy. I think in the beginning, that was part of why I was able to let the I'm a girl comment fall away. But starting in March of 2020, after the ending of a toxic roller coaster air quote polyamorous relationship with a married man, I got serious about healing my relationship issues. I'd started counseling way back in 2012, but it was one of those things where I had to put out the biggest fire first. And the biggest fire at that time was the trauma and subsequent lifetime of post-traumatic stress and all the fallout that that entailed created by getting abused by my uncle. Yes, of course, sexually, what other kind of abuse are uncles known for? No offense, minority of good uncles out there, including my brother. I hope, because who knows? No one ever thinks that their brother is the pedo of the family. 
Since it started around the age of six or seven, I am intimately aware of what kind of damage can be done to a developing brain in the early stages of differentiating and forming their identity, which is why I am on point about this transition with my child and not wasting any more time. After that, the biggest fire was postpartum depression. Then the demands of newly single motherhood. Then in March of 2020, I was finally able to shine a light on my relationship issues and start that healing, which luckily led to my coming out, which led to even more healing in my relationship with my child. And clearly just in time, because if my child had told me she hated herself before March of 2020 or August when I came out or October when I got sober, I don't know what I'd, well, actually I do know what I'd have done. I'd have ignored it because that's what I did, but not anymore. This morning, after years of hearing her tell me she's a girl and not a boy, when she woke up, I said, hey, I have a question, which caused her to perk right up even though it was 5.30. I said, with casual curiosity, are you a girl or a boy? No steaks, just what do you want to eat today? She didn't hesitate. I'm a girl. Cool. I said, do your friends know? Yeah. Do your teachers know? Yeah. You tell them? Yeah. Well, awesome. Good morning, baby girl. I said with a kiss. And it was the first time I'd ever said baby girl instead of baby boy. The relief was visible as if her body was unclenching. And then on my drive to work, I burst into tears when I realized that the time has come for the true warrior mama in me to emerge. All right. Are you ready for more footnotes? One, I realized, of course, again, after I wrote that draft, some other possibilities for why the I hate myself comments started appearing. And that episode is going to totally put me on blast. So that's definitely something for a future episode. Um, Two, my kid is jamming the they them pronoun now. Um, They are correcting people now when they meet people. They say I'm a they, which I love. Um, that they're being confident. Um, They also call themselves a they girl. So I think the she and they pronouns are safe. Um, So prepare yourself, world. Here comes my they be. Mm -hmm. 